the Getting Better Now podcast, presented by the Golf Business Network, the show by golf professionals for golf professionals, profiling experts from inside and outside the golf industry to help you advance your career, make a lasting impact, and achieve your goals. Here's your host, PGA professional from St. David's Golf Club, Dean Candle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Getting Better Now podcast. Today in this episode, we have part one of our two-part conversation with a decorated PGA professional, Tony Pancake, the director of golf and operations at Crooked Stick Golf Club in Carmel, Indiana. Tony's been a head professional for over 30 years at multiple top 100 clubs, and during this conversation, we cover a number of topics. We get into specifically how he's learned to handle something that I know bogs down many of us, and that's email, text, phone calls, that constant influx of messages, and that feeling that you just have to respond right away that gets us all, I know, a little bit anxious. He's seen this change in his members' expectations over time with this digital age that we're in and how they need responses right away, or at least it seems like it. And he's changed his mindset to be able to deal with this effectively, and we talk about that today in part one. We also talk about something that I know I struggle with personally, and that's delegation. How to assign tasks and responsibilities and authority to others that you work with on your staff in a way that benefits both them and yourself. Tony has some great advice in that regard. Tony's been at this a long time. He's an eight-time award winner in his section. He has a wealth of information and a wealth of experience, and I really think that you're going to get a lot of great value out of this conversation. So here it is, part one of our conversation with Tony Pancake. I hope you enjoy it. Tony Pancake, welcome. Thanks for your time today. Thanks, Dean. Great to be with you this morning. Let's give everybody a little bit of background right now about Crooked Stick itself. I think we all know uh, at least something about Crooked Stick, obviously. But if you could go and give us a little context, talk a little bit about what happens there on a day-to-day basis and, and some more info about the club itself. Yeah, uh, Crooked Stick is really a special place, a special club. Uh, it's Pete Dye's first championship golf course. Uh, he's from Indianapolis. Uh, he built the club in 1964. He Actually, he and his wife Alice live on the 18th hole here. But Crooked Stick is a limited membership private golf club with uh, what I would say is a very sophisticated golf membership. I mean, these people are passionate about the game. Um, They're good players. We have 150 of our 225 members have single-digit handicap indexes. So they just really... uh, um, uh, they're really passionate about the game. We we have a wall of fame upstairs, and we have over 20 members who have either won a state or national competition or they're in a golf hall of fame somewhere. So um, it's just really been a great uh, club for me to be a part of, and it's also home for me. My wife and I grew up in southern Indiana, so uh, to be back here, uh, next to where we grew up has been pretty special. Uh, I'm starting my 15th year here at Crooked Stick this year. Mm-hmm. So I think from the outside looking in, we would all say, wow, phenomenal place to be. There's tons of history at Crooked Stick. It's a top 100 club. Tony's got it as great as it could be, right? He's at he's at home, like you just mentioned. But 
there are obviously challenges that that come up with a position like that uh, that come up every day. How have you learned over time about working with these challenges and being able to meet the expectations that uh, that your membership has and the expectations that you have of yourself? How have you addressed these challenges and maybe what specifically are some of the challenges that you feel like you face every day? Yeah, well, the first thing I would say about that, Dean, is that uh, I've been fortunate to be at some great clubs. I mean, I got my first head professional job at the Valhalla Golf Club in Louisville, which is a top 100 club, and and I also worked at the Baltimore Country Club, which is top 100. And so people think, well, gosh, Tony's, you know, he's on this path that's just uh, so much different, so much easier. But I, I'm I'm telling you, that's not the case. Uh, the the mm-hmm. problems that uh, golf professionals face at any club are the same problems that I face every day. Um, and I, I don't think it really matters what the ranking of your club is or if you've had national tournaments there or not. Um, you're dealing with member expectations. And um, you know, w- one thing I would say about that is that uh, we all want to exceed our members' expectations, but one of the things that I've learned over 30 years is sometimes I, um, um, I guess, think expectations are higher than they really are. I mean, for example, are you worried about returning all your messages within an hour? Well, uh, you know, when that message is is on your computer, that email, you're feeling the pressure to return it. But, um, you know, maybe that expectation for your members that you'd get back to them in the next day or two. And um, so I, I think that we've got to be careful as golf professionals not to elevate those expectations beyond what they really are to the point where we just run ourselves ragged. And, uh you know, we've got to find a balance in all this and, and uh, do the best job that we can, but not to the point where we're not enjoying what we do every day. Mm-hmm. You mentioned answering messages. I mean, I really think uh, email and messages are, uh, they're a big, it's a big part of what we do on a day-to-day basis. It's how we communicate with a certain percentage of our members. So, have you learned then new ways or have you had to change your mindset uh, over time, like maybe over the last 10 years or so about how really how the methods that you're using to go about and, and communicate via email or even text messages? Yeah, that's a great question and, and one that I struggle with every day as to am I doing this the right way and, and uh, am I being as efficient as I possibly can Um, This is my 31st year as a head golf professional, and uh, what I tell people is this is probably going to be my most difficult year yet. It's not like other businesses where after you've done it for 20 years, you just kind of ride the wave into the sunset. Uh, Golf, uh, uh, being a golf professional doesn't seem to work like that. Because those expectations maybe raise a little bit every year, again, part of that might be on on ourselves, but uh, certainly in the way that members communicate with me, uh, that has changed dramatically in the time that I've been a, a, a golf professional. So, um, you know, in the old days, it was basically just a, a telephone. I was returning phone messages all the time. But now I've got a cell phone. I've got a work phone. I've got a home phone. I've got a home email, a work email, 
I've got text messaging. I mean, there, there's so many messages that I'm getting from various resources every day that um, trying to manage those in a, in a timely manner without just, uh, I guess, mentally driving me crazy is, is sure a challenge. Now, what I've, what I've tried to do now is, is basically almost batch that work where, say, for example, I'll come in and the first hour or two of the day will be focused strictly on messages and um, trying to return emails, text messages, phone messages, just to um, get to everybody that's, that's looking for something for me. Um, then I, I want to talk here in just a second about delegating, but mm-hmm. um, you know, once I've kind of run through those messages, uh, the more replies I give on my email, the more my email box fills up again. So I, I want to be careful not to just reply uh, without really trying to solve the problem. So I want to be sure. um, uh, as specific as I can when I reply to a message and try to get it solved as opposed to continuing it on with a long chain of, of more messages. Um, but I, I think it's uh, the other key to this is knowing you know what's really important for your membership and then making sure that you're not missing out on those key opportunities because you're at your computer and uh, you're, you're trying to return emails. I mean, that, that's a good thing, but if your members don't see you, um, then it's a problem. So, for example, I'll come in, um, and the first thing I'll do is look at our play sheet for the day and see when people are playing golf and know when I need to be on the first tee or when I need to be standing in the golf shop. Um, you, you won't see me on my computer returning emails between 11.30 and, and 1.30 every day. I mean, that's a time that our members are here. Uh, they want to see their golf professional, and uh, I need to be getting the pulse of the club uh, when the members are here and just making sure they're having a great time. So um, I'm trying to return messages in the morning. I'm trying to return them in the evening and uh, um, just be focused on doing it at the right time as opposed to just when the messages come in, if that makes sense. Sure. Now, was there a time where you felt like you weren't managing that well and it was taking you away from from doing what's important, like being out in front of your members? So has this changed over time, like recently in the last five or six years for you? Or was it something that you kind of always knew was important? Well, I think the, the, the kind of the uh, paradigm shift for me was uh, ha- having any messages in my inbox was uh, that's like the light flashing on your phone. It just mm-hmm. was uh, it was kind of wearing on me a little bit, and I felt like, hey, I've got to get back to these people. They're, they're asking me to do something for them, and I really want to do a great job, and I want them to know how important they are to me. So I've got to be very responsive, and I just got to the point that the more I tried to respond to them, the the um, more attention I gave them, the the more it actually snowballed into more time commitment for me, more work for me. And then I just kind of had to take a step back and say, hey, this is going to overwhelm me if I'm not careful. I mean, I love to teach golf. I love to play golf. And, um, you know, I want to ride around the golf course and say hello to people and meet their guests. And and I I can't do that if I'm going to be on my email uh, and honestly, Dean, I I could return emails from 
6.30 in the morning until 6 o'clock at night and never stop. I, I think they right. would just continue on like that. Do you? Well, we're talking about meeting expectations and, and maybe somewhat of our own internal expectations that we have to get back to people and respond to people. As uh, our responsibilities have changed over time and certainly in your time as a head golf professional, do you feel like the members themselves, your average member, that his or her expectations have changed as far as what they they expect from you from a communication standpoint, from a response standpoint, now versus 20 years ago? You know, it's, it's a great question. I'm not sure I know the answer. Um, uh, I think generally uh, the communication has become so easy for people. I mean, in the old days, you, you probably thought a little bit more about, all right, what am I going to ask for and when's the right time to ask and how, how to ask and things like that. Well, now, with text messaging especially, I mean, it's just so easy to send off a text and or, I mean, email is pretty easy as well. But so I, I just think there's, there's more requests coming in and... Um, I mean, it could be something as as simple as, um, hey, can you go check in my locker and see if I left my shoes in there? I mean, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, those are, it's a pretty simple task, but in the old days, n- nobody would even, nobody would even ask that. Um, right. it, now, you know, it's it's definitely going to be something that, it's, again, it's so easy, and people want, the, um, our culture is one that we all want instant answers. I mean, I'm the same way. I, when I have a question, I, um, I get my phone out and try to figure out the answer pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So, so then we can say that you've developed then this system of batching your emails and your messages, which I think is phenomenal. That's really the only way that we can do it and be able to get out from behind our desk when we need to. So that's one method, but you, you hit on delegating as well. So talk about kind of your evolution of, of being able to delegate to your staff and what that means for you now? Yeah, well, as a young professional, you, you really um, you want the members to gain confidence in you, your ability to solve problems, to meet their needs, and, and to um, you want them to know that they're important in your life. So uh, it, it's hard. It was very difficult for me early on to not want to solve everybody's problem for them. I mean, I want to be the guy that's the Superman that can that can take care of anything for anybody. And I think that most golf professionals are like that, and I think mm-hmm. that's a quality that's really positive for for our profession. And I wouldn't want anybody to, to lose that. But at the same time, um, we all can't do everything for everybody and, and, and be good at it. All right, there's just not enough hours in the day, not if you're going to find a, a, a nice balance in your life between um, your family and, and your hobbies and your friends and um, just whatever all you have uh, uh, that you're trying to balance out. So um, you've got to start delegating, and it took me longer than it should have. Um, but one of the things I noticed when I started delegating is how much more engaged my staff became and I realized that by not delegating I was really uh, holding them back from their professional development and as I started to give them more tasks I saw more energy 
uh, out of them, more engagement out of them. I also saw them improve their relationship with the members, and my relationship didn't didn't uh, suffer at all. I mean, actually, having a little more free time then allowed me to connect with the members even on a deeper level. So, and maybe that's playing golf, or maybe that's walking the range, or again being able to get in a golf cart and go out on the golf course and and uh, see a member I haven't seen for two weeks and, and, you know, check with him on how he's doing, how his family's doing. And just uh, um, I I never expected it to to benefit me the way that it has. But the more I delegate, the better things go for everybody here at the club. And that's interesting because I I definitely agree. I think that uh, we all have, I don't know if a complex is the right word or not, but over giving up some responsibility and then how the members may view us if, oh, well, Dean's not doing that anymore, or he passed that off, or Tony looks like he passed that off, because, and we're, we're worried that they're going to say it's because we don't care, right? right? But I think the really interesting part here is that you've pointed out that it's made you better and able to then do your job at a higher level because you are freed up to do a little bit more. That's that's great and a good reminder for everybody out there to uh, to understand what the benefits of delegating may be. And on that note, you also pointed out to me uh, when we chatted earlier, and I thought this was really cool, um, about delegating. I think one of, one of the things that I personally struggle with is I don't want the staff thinking that I'm just dumping my tasks on them. But you actually go one step further by taking one of the less favorable tasks, right, and doing that yourself while you delegate something to a staff member. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, um, we all know what what's, I guess, maybe the less desirable jobs and, and the more desirable jobs. And then so at times I'll try to figure out, all right, what, what to really motivate an assistant? How about if I let him... Um, go give a golf lesson instead of me and then I'll go watch the shop for you know for an hour or or um you know how about if I let them run a golf tournament and I'll I'll go do something else uh that that uh you know maybe a merchandising thing or um or it could be just the opposite of that but so as I'm trying to help the assistants develop professionally figuring out where they need more experience where they're trying to uh grow a little bit and what would again, kind of excite them about something new that they're learning, um, that, that's a great trade-off for me. And then for them to see that, hey, Tony is willing to do whatever it takes uh, for our operation to be successful, and he's not just taking the best jobs, um, then you know, that, again, helps my relationship with with, uh, with the staff. And um, I think garners respect from them that uh, this is not about me. This is about us. And it's also about their uh, professional development. Um, you, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, the members and and us delegating responsibility. How will they react to that? Well, um, again, I, one of the concerns when you start delegating is, is the quality going to suffer? And, you know, in the beginning it might, mm-hmm. but what... What I've found a lot of times is these guys are better at some of these things than I am. 
Um, so especially if it has something to do with technology, I mean, a perfect example is we're introducing an app here at Crooked Stick, and I mean, I, I'm I'm the least qualified <laughs> person to 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 try to implement this. So I've let my staff run with it because they're a lot better than I am. Now I'm still overseeing it. I, I'm I'm learning a lot about it, and I know what the overall look of it is, but um, and the, and the uh, data that's in in there and what we're trying to communicate, so that it's consistent with our uh, vision of who we are here. But they're the ones doing the the detail work, and they are way better at it than I am. So uh, I'm I'm not to, when I delegate, I don't give it up. I'm still kind of overseeing it, but it's an opportunity for me to say go back to the member. And say, hey, I delegated this to Ryan because um, he really needs this experience. How did he do? What could he do better? And and use it for an opportunity for learning and for me to just main that, maintain that relationship with the member. True, and I th- just asking for that feedback to that member that eliminates any possibility that somebody would think you you're giving up something because you just don't care enough, right? It, exactly. Yeah, that follow-up's really important. That's great. That's great insight there. So we're going to stop right here with this episode of the Getting Better Now podcast. I hope that you're enjoying our conversation with Tony Pancake and that you come back and join us for part two. We get into talking about Tony's career specifically, his career path, and have some great advice for aspiring professionals on how they can set themselves up for a successful career. Thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. This was the Getting Better Now podcast presented by the Golf Business Network. Head over to iTunes to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and be sure to rate and review while you're there. For more information, go to golfbusinessnetwork.com.